five of season two of Herding Frattle. The podcast where each week we prattle on about whatever the hell we want to. And try and herd it into one specific topic. So come along for the ride. Yeehaw, 2021. Yeehaw, the first yeehaw of the year. It's always the best yeehaw. It is. Happy New Year, Sarah Cahill of Herding Prattle. Happy New Year, Matt. I never learned your last name of Herding Prattle. <laughs> how, how are you feeling? Did you have a good like Christmas and New Year period? Or as good as, you know, we could have? Yeah, definitely. As, as good as could be had, um, for sure. I'm very grateful to be able to celebrate it, um, mm-hmm. you know, at, at all, really. But yeah, it was still, um, still different. Different, but, yeah. Yeah, grateful, I guess, is, is the only word for it that, like, you can not have, um, you know, it be like the worst Christmas ever. Do you know what I mean? I think that's a pretty good sign, mm-hmm. you know. It's a good yeah. indicator. Um, yeah, I mean, again, very different, very quiet. But, um, you know, like you said, not the worst Christmas. So yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> having something be not the worst. is kind of the least we can ask for right now. Exactly. Um, (laughs) But we're excited to be back for a new year, a new episode, a new batch of episodes. Uh, So yeah, what what are we kicking off with this year, Sarah? This year we are kicking off with, I guess, something um, that we haven't done in a while, a long while. Oh. Um, (laughs) No, not that. Um, (laughs) I haven't showered. With, with the West End, the West uh, End, End Theatre, and uh, yeah, I guess I mean we will be back there again. And by back there again, I mean we'll be like consistently going to the theatre again. Like that's not something mm-hmm. that's gone away forever. And even you and I have, in bits and pieces, still been able to like go go to theatres like once. That's or true. Twice. Mm. You know, so it's not like it's completely gone. But what I'm talking about is in the heyday, pre-March <laughs> last year what it's like in normal times you know Mm -hmm. going to the theater uh in the west end what it means um Mm -hmm. the quality of the Mm -hmm. west end or the lack thereof sometimes Mm -hmm. um yeah and just the whole buzz of it basically because i i miss it so much i miss i miss even when i have gone to things over 2020 which i was so happy about like anything to, to close to theater is still like so oh exciting and like fun but mm-hmm. really what i'm talking about is the like day-to-day nature of like hearing a new show is coming getting excited booking tickets talking to friends being like are you seeing it what did you think oh i got these free to you know oh, like the whole the whole mm-hmm. thing um and so i want 100%. to reminisce before it comes back with the, with a bang hopefully i hope I mean, anyone who's listened to the podcast, I mean, you know, we've touched on it before, but we are both kind of confessed, self-confessed sort of, uh, I don't know, what are the words? Arseholes? Oh, yeah, <laughs> theatre dogs. Yeah, yeah, like West End Wendy's, theatre geeks, you know, whatever you want to call us. Um, yeah. No homophobic slurs, though, please. And um, yeah, so we've, we've kind of like lightly touched on, on things like that before, but this is, this is our, our love letter to the West End, I guess. Yes, exactly. Our love letter, but like with some notes, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) things things to do. Um, Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just like before I ever went there, you know what I mean? It kind of Mm -hmm. uh, symbolizes the pinnacle of theatre in the way that kind of Broadway does. 
so what was your what was your first West End show and how old were you? Um, I was 10 and um, I went to see The King and I in the Palladium, um, which was like just amazing um, birthday trip. And yeah, it was genuinely, it was unlike anything I had ever seen before. So I was definitely blessed to have that be my first show because mm-hmm. the venue, the show and the cast you know they were all at the top of their game so it was yeah, very yeah. like you know it's one of the best things I think you could take like a child to see who's interested in in theatre you know um, what about you? Yeah, uh, my first one I was five oh, wow. and I saw Beauty and the Beast at the Dominion oh wow yeah were you like completely enthralled yeah I mean like I said I was five so it's not something that I mean I remember it but it isn't something yeah. I had you know I remember yeah, fully for memory. but I do remember you know being obsessed and, and being completely <laughs> yeah. like you know it was that magical I mean the film Beauty and the Beast was one of my favorite films as a kid yeah. and so mm-hmm. going to see something you know having your favorite film literally like come to life before you as like a five-year-old was absolutely yeah, you know, unlike anything, and then and then from that, yeah, I've, I've you know been very regularly since, since then. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and I think that's funny as well because the 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 more you get to know the West End, the more I think people kind of start to understand that it's not just the pinnacle of theatre it's not only exclusively the best of the best the best ideas the best performers the best shows oh not at all there's a lot of there's a lot of crap <laughs> that oh, gets yeah. to, to be a west end show um and, and we've worked we've worked on a few of them <laughs> we have definitely <laughs> we have definitely and it's also like conversely it's also made me realize that some of the amdram or like semi-professional stuff that you'd see or fringe quality you know it's so funny that the concept has completely changed in my mind of what it actually means um and now I just prefer like if it was a good quality show or Mm -hmm. if it was like kind of crap and Mm -hmm. that you know those are like the settings it doesn't really matter which theater I'm in anymore whereas before I would have been like oh it's West End show it's great you know whereas now I'm like well well, the thing the thing that you kind of have to marry the two ideas together with is because I think when we say West End we think of it when we like our sort of un filtered perception of like what a West End show should be is like the best of the best. It's like an art form, mm-hmm. it's theatre, it's, you know, mm-hmm. creatives coming together to, you know, make this uh, event happen. Whereas it is also a business, it is also commercial, it is also a money-making venture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, there are lots of theatres out there, Fringe, like you said, Amateur, uh, exper- all kinds of theatres where their, their, their goal is not to make a profit. Mm-hmm. Their goal is to, you know, express themselves through this medium. Whereas every single show coming to the West End mm-hmm. is being paid for by producers who mm-hmm. are doing it to make money. Yeah, that's so true. And I think um, that that, especially in the last few years, or as, as we've got older, or maybe it's more as, as we've become aware of it, and as mm-hmm. we've worked in these in, in that industry a little bit more, it kind of hasn't jaded my view of the West End in that sense but like you say there is also a lot of shit <laughs> in the West End yeah. and a lot of poor yeah, quality realize yeah that it's like West End doesn't necessarily mean something just by itself do you know uh-huh. like 
what does the West End refer to even? It refers to a section of a city mm-hmm. that is made up of, um, you know, the, the theatre buildings. Those mm-hmm. buildings have changed hands a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. They change shows all the time. The actors within those shows change all the time and the prices and the audiences. So like, it's almost like it's not one thing. And I suppose mm-hmm. when you are younger, you're like, it's no, it is one thing and it's amazing. You know, and you start to realize that it's so much better than amazing. And it also has the potential to be not, not um, great as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's, it's so great when you do see those shows that are like, oh my God, this is exactly, you know, this is blowing my expectations, you know, yeah. like even where, where they were, it's now somehow exceeded them. Um, do you, do you want to be, do you want to put on record forever? Some of the worst shows you've ever seen. Oh my gosh. Are we, are we going there? Are we doing it? <laughs> I think so. Okay. So one of the worst things that I've seen was a play called The Starry Messenger. Have you heard of it? No. I haven't. So <laughs> it was a play, it was a new play, and it was, I believe, written for and starring um, Matthew Roderick, who I'm a fan of. Oh, uh, Matthew Roderick. sure. However, this was a story about like a middle-aged man who finds his life kind of dull, you know, and a bit boring uh-huh. and has an affair with, uh, I think, one of the other professors at the school or whatever, this younger woman anyway. She's like in her 20s. Okay. And uh, then she basically says, we shouldn't be doing this anymore. And he says, okay. Um, And he he teaches a class on uh, astronomy. And then we all go home. So it was... It was one of the most self-serving, boring, sure. <laughs> non-plot shows that w- was very clearly just like a vehicle for Matthew Broderick. Uh-huh. Um, just, just something about, you know, why life gets um, monotonous and, and, and you, you might have an affair. And uh-huh. um, he, he never tells his wife, like, there's no like it's, it was just the most middle of the road waste of time crap. yeah it was crap sure. and, and 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 there must be like a mathematical equation that shows that the more boring a show is the longer it is because sure. this play about three and a half hours of nothing but do you and not I, also I, prefer I it when <laughs> like there's sometimes there's some fun in watching something that is so bad Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me that that's like the two distinctions where like I've seen things where I've been like, oh, it was so bad. There was this bit when the most ridiculous thing happened. And it's quite fun to kind of like yeah. re- recount how awful this thing was and blah, blah, blah. But then Definitely. there's also the stuff that is just so bad and you have nothing to say about it, which is, which mm-hmm. makes it worse. It's yeah. more offensive to me yeah. than... If if it was like a glorious train wreck, where you could be like, "Oh my god, what the hell is going on? Like, how did this get to this point?" Yes, that yes. at least, at the very That's least, awesome. you take that away from it. Whereas yeah. something where you you literally take nothing away, just as, as how like uninspired or boring or dull yeah. or yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was that was pretty bad. And um, the 
one of the worst musicals I've ever seen and production, whatever you want to say, was oh. big musical uh, with Jamie Guinness and Kimberly Walsh. What was that? Was is it? Oh, bi- <laughs> you said it was big. I thought you said it was a big <laughs> musical, and I was like, "Oh, what one? Big the musical? Yes, yes." Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's it's a poor musical to begin with, and uh-huh. it, uh, again, I think it's about three hours and fifteen minutes. Um, and uh, yeah, it was quite, it was quite, quite poor. And I, I, I. I you just wonder yeah you just wonder how it gets to that point yeah yeah exactly and that was one of those those ones where it it can't really be a a car crash because um the songs are too slow and and for you know boring and about Uh like the moon the moon and how it makes me feel Uh, you know and it's the kind of (laughs) thing i think people that hate theater that's what they think it is they're like thinking about their feelings you know like it's so it's just so dull um but anyway yeah has that reminded you of any um particular shit shows um well actually yes the one of the last shows i saw before miss rona made an appearance and and Mm -hmm. ruined everyone's lives was uh i saw which i mean this I think when theatres reopen this one will be opening up and you know you can get tickets to so you can go and see it following my review um was Pretty Woman the musical oh yeah um it was honestly one of the worst things I've ever seen in the sense (laughs) of I was just like mad that that it got to that point and it was a, a West End show yeah and it was just so lazy. Like the writing mm-hmm. was so lazy and like uninspired and and cheap. And the production was because I mean, I like it if you can go and see a show and you can be like, Do you know what? I didn't like that show, but wow, what an amazing set! Or I didn't like that show, but oh, the costumes are great. You know, there's always something you can pull from it where you think, oh, you know. Mm. that's a positive thing that I remember from that experience there's nothing yeah. positive about like the most fun thing about going was I went with my housemate and we just kind of like drank Prosecco and laughed about how bad it was yeah. you know afterwards but it mm. was just so like to the point where an example would be that I had this habit of like before a song would begin they would say what the song was mm. so like mm. You know, like he meets uh, Julia Roberts' character played in the movie. He meets her, and she and she's a prostitute. And he's like, "Oh, there's something weird going on." And he's like, "Wow, there's something about her. There's something about her." And then he goes into a song. Literally, and I was like, "You just said that." Well, and like the first song, like they come out, and there's like a narrator character, and he's like, "Welcome to Hollywood, everyone!" And then they sing a song called "Welcome to Hollywood." <laughs> Like it's just and then like in act two, like the big like revelationary moment of um like the main character, she's like, I can't go back. I can't go back. And then like it's just so terrible. Um which yeah, like I said, offends me that and and maybe I I should probably come out the closet, so to speak, in that I do think that I can be a bit of a snob when it comes to uh, theatre and what I'm seeing. Um, Fair fair enough. Um, But like, at the very least, I feel like 
because I'm probably the same, but I feel like at the very least we acknowledge that like it, yes. it may work for someone else. You know, like it, sure, sure, it sure. doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, Pretty Woman, no, but I mean other types of shows. <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing way. though. This is the thing though. Specifically with Pretty Woman, like it clearly does work because the audience were loving it. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it very much always, and I suppose again, that's what, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about these commercial shows that are mm. commercial for a reason and make mm. money for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that's like the difference. Whereas because, you know, like because, you know, both me and you, we trained in it, we studied it, we go regularly. It's, it's a slightly different perspective than someone who mm. only goes to the theatre maybe like twice a year for a treat and we'll just look to see, oh, what performed on Strictly this week? That looks good. Let's book and go see that, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is, is more, I guess, generally speaking, obviously, the kind of target market for those kind of shows, for like Pretty Woman, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, and the way that the system works in the West End at the moment, the profits from that do go towards a producer who then produces other shows. I still think that's a bad model because it doesn't leave much room for creativity for like a genuinely new ideas, like an explosion uh-huh. of new ideas in like the, like you saw in like the eighties yeah, in uh-huh. musical theater, like ra- just random, like new ideas, like not a rehashing or, or a pretty woman or, you know, like just completely sure. new things, which I think is lacking a little bit in the West I End. So. Um, but on the flip side, just off the top of your head, some of the like best shows you've ever seen. I mean, one that comes to mind with us is Follies because that was one that you were like, you have to oh. go see it. And then it was like gone and then it came back and I saw it. And then I was like to all of my friends, you have to go see it. And it was just one of those ones that was like very exquisitely done. And it was it's a difficult show to perform. So that when yeah. you finally see it done exceptionally well, yeah. it's so satisfying. It was. It was. I mean, yes, I would agree with you. That would probably be in my top five like theater experiences i just thought it was one of the perfect mixes of the venue the material the cast the direction the production like the whole thing um yes definitely follies and again it's rare it's rare these days in the west end on a big scale to see a show like that be put on because as you were just saying like a majority of the shows I mean, personally, I think if we're comparing like the West End to Broadway, I think mm-hmm. that Broadway and America and New York in general, they support new work yeah. a lot more in terms of musical theatre. A lot more new musicals come from Broadway. Yeah. And like the structure of the industry over there is, is different in that sense to ours. Um, so like if we get a new show in the West End, it's usually like a tour that's come into the West End. It's usually a jukebox musical. It's usually a book or film adaptation. Yeah. Um, whereas I do think the West End does better new plays, but I mean, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But the thing with Folly is was it was just so rare to see like this, because it's not a commercial piece. It's never been that successful, even at the original mm-hmm. production and every other production since. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so nice to see it done on a big grand scale in, you know, just done well when, you know, you've got that going on down the road and then across the road, you've got Pretty Woman going on. You know, they're like literally, mm. you know, opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Definitely Follies. Um, yeah. I mean, anything Sondheim, I just, you know, mm. I don't want to like be a cliche, but Sondheim is incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he is. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Oh my god, and of course, how can we not talk about uh, uh, The King and I, when we went to see The King and I? Yeah. 
exactly like that revival was just spectacular and um that is one of those again it's like you've taken the source material and you've made it like you you've wrung it dry for like Mm -hmm. all the best bits of it that you can squeeze out of it you did you didn't Mm -hmm. just put it on Mm -hmm. which is also and you kind of like reinvigorated it you know yeah yeah definitely um yeah and some other ones like come from away again are things that that was also one of the last things we saw yeah that's again something that's like its own kind of you know genre almost Uh of musical and that was something that was very touching and is like quite funny when you Mm -hmm. think that come from away and pretty woman are both in the same genre like yeah you, you know, that's what's so weird to me is like you can literally be like moved to tears by this true story sure. and then walk down the road and it's like welcome to hollywood, <laughs> yes, hollywood exactly. you know um and to be yeah, fair to be fair i do also want to go on the record because i like i said i am a bit of a snob but i also have all the time in the world for fluff and escapist theater. Like theater doesn't have to be dark and serious and like, but if it's gonna be fluff, it needs to be fluff that's done well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the distinction. Yeah, um, yeah, and speaking of, um, yeah, darker kind of stuff, like Sweat um, is another Mm -hmm. play that just like completely, I just thought it was fantastic and also it like that was something that changed my view on Trump voters like that's uh-huh. what that play did for me uh-huh. you know like which is crazy because then you've got again a play like the starry messenger that's like but what if Matthew Broderick was sad like it's so sure, different. sure, sure. what are you taking <laughs> so, away from it <laughs> yeah so it's also great to see some fantastic um plays as well as mm-hmm. As, as shit ones sometimes it's nice as well to go in and not know anything about something and sometimes it blows you away and sometimes you're like well that was a waste but oh yeah no. if you go in with low or no expectations yeah. sometimes you're just completely like oh my god wow yeah and that actually brings me back to because I feel like the venues play a big part of this as well like when you're in the Coliseum let's say like oh. it's just an amazing experience and then what you see on the stage is also a part of your experience but even just being there mm-hmm. is transformative as opposed to being in a black box theater which i oh, find definitely really definitely because like well what's different you know it's i don't know it's, it's i think it's that's also part of like the event of going to you know i mean like we could go and see a play in the west end in like a little playhouse and have a lovely mm-hmm. time and still have a great night and if the play is good, it doesn't really matter where the play is on. But equally, mm-hmm. in comparison, if we were going to go and see something at the Palladium, it would immediately mm-hmm. kind of, just by being at the Palladium alone, feel yeah. like slightly more of an event, just not, not based mm-hmm. on what we're going to see, but just based on the fact of like we're going to the Palladium. Yeah. Or like you say, or the Coliseum, or the, you know, any of these kind of like iconic venues. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, theatres, West End theatres in London, are so beautiful mm, and so yeah, um, intricate and old and have so much history. Yeah, um, gorgeous. yeah so, I mean, I, as a kid, I, I just used to love, like, just being in the building. It didn't even really matter what we were seeing, necessarily. Yeah, totally, but just, like, totally. seeing the, in, you know, seeing all these auditoriums and the yeah, structure are. of them and 
incredibly yeah. beautiful like and and pretty much yeah pretty much all of them are stunning yeah um and yeah are, are just oh what's yeah. your favorite one it's so hard to say my favorite because I do feel they all have their own little like character um but ones that stick out to me would be um uh the novello is one of the most kind of beautiful theaters on the inside with a lot of kind of mosaics and like frescoes and like it's very greek looking on the inside mm-hmm. which is so funny because then mamma mia comes out and they're like yeah we're in flippers and we're sexy um <laughs> ah, it's in greece ah, perhaps it's that's why they greece. did it like that years yeah ago. but um so that's one that sticks out to me but um no i would say i mean places like the uh places like the palace are uh-huh. like like they would give you shivers sometimes if you just like look yeah. at well, the, the theaters are very cold like there's not um <laughs> oh my god that hit me way too late i um, was gonna say i was like <laughs> but sometimes yeah you you look around at some of these places and they are um i don't I, the only the only frame of reference i have for describing the the feelings I mm-hmm. get in these places are akin to what people say about um certain like special churches and places of worship honestly it's sure. the only thing I've I've heard because it's not like oh that's a nice building it's not a building like it's no. about what happens inside like it's crazy uh-huh. to me. um that's so true I mean it is it is almost like a, again I guess what you would say people would compare it to a religious experience you know like I've seen I've seen shows and experience performances things where I've been like oh wow like that has like changed me or like uh, you know moved me or affected me in some way from from being witness to that exactly and it's also or rather it can be hugely cathartic because you similar to a church um sit by yourself Mm -hmm. as in like you sit you know as a person but in a crowd of lots of people uh-huh. but you're not talking right now someone else is talking like on a stage uh-huh. and you're feeling all of these things but you're all feeling them kind of at the same time um and sometimes like when you see something on stage um and you feel something it's it's a very like safe place to feel all of those things because this is like the time you're supposed to laugh or this is the uh-huh. time you're supposed to be quite sad and uh-huh. sometimes as well if you like turn like to your right or you like hear a sniffle or whatever and you turn around and you see a fully grown man cry at a theater I it I like it is unlike any other sensation I'm like oh my god like you you know because there's just so few opportunities for that in normal life it's like this Uh very special kind of ritual place that like oh it was such a it's such a brilliant show I get to like you know feel all of these things Uh um and sometimes as well, you see things on stage that are very much like remind you of your own life or experiences or people. Mm-hmm. And it's like more moving than it might be to the person sitting next to you, which I always find um, kind of interesting. And that's why sometimes you can just be like full on crying and the person next to you is just like eating Maltesers. It's just very yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, that's so true. Yeah, so I love it. I love it. And actually, when I was studying in... Um, university we were studying rituals and you all had to kind of like bring an example of one and do a study on it and compare it to other rituals and stuff Uh and I I brought theater as mine and then they were like um 
you need to pick a specific ritual that happens you know it's not all just one thing it's made up of lots of little things that you all do that mean things mm-hmm. so mine was um that moment where the lights all go down and everyone oh gets very quiet uh-huh. and um that oh, oh oh it was it was sorry it was it was the trio of like ringing the bell Mm-hmm. sitting down the lights going down and then being quiet like that's a ritual in itself and um that is something that on the face of it you might just be like yeah well what else are people going to do they're going to just like keep talking or the, the lights are just going to stay mm-hmm. but it's like but it's but this is why i'm so confident that it is a ritual because it's not just that those things are happening it's the importance that we give them you know yeah it's it's, like, it's so and it's also like uh it's like a collective agreement as well mm. uh, in, yes. in that moment you're like okay mm. you know we're however 1200 people however many people are sat yeah. in the theater we're all agreeing that like now you know we are we're gonna go Entering on this twilight zone. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um that brings me to um intervals mm-hmm. um speaking of intervals why don't we take a little 20 minute break a quick ice cream <laughs> And Sounds come back and continue. Sounds good. Ding, 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 ding. Um, yes, so back after the intervals. That is, um, yeah, something I miss. I love intervals. I sure. love intervals. I, um, I dislike shows without intervals. Um, doesn't matter how short the show is. I like the break. And really? uh yeah do you not i think it depends i mean for example i know we've already spoken about it but follies is a show that was written without needing an interval mm-hmm. two and a half hours long without mm-hmm. an interval but yeah. it's written so that it should be that way and i think because it's been done before where they've put an interval in and mm-hmm. it's just completely messed up the building tension and the way you know just like the structure of the piece so yeah, no, that's to- that's totally fair um so no sarah i completely disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no intention i would just like to go on record and say that i completely disagree <laughs> you have been heard loud and clear by the sandheim fan club who you're clearly trying to court um no no, no definitely if that's intentional a hundred percent um but intervals are in most in most full-length shows and yes I, no, they I'm are appreciative um of them uh-huh. I also think that when you go all the time, you, I, oh my God. Okay. I might be wrong here, but okay. I rarely am. I think this is probably what it might be like for like sports fans. Now I shouldn't be talking about sports, but I'm going to guess that if you go to sports games all uh-huh. the time, especially at like a local place where you always go uh-huh. when there's half time you you know exactly how long you have you know where the bathrooms are you know what you want to do you know how long you have to do it and what the cues are likely to be like mm-hmm. you know i mean you have that shit down to a t all right uh-huh. at the very i do because i enjoy first of all i enjoy the insider knowledge of knowing where the toilets and the bars are because it cuts down all this where was the um did you see it? you know it's you're losing valuable seconds Trisha like the queue is already forming you know right Um, so I quite enjoy having the insider knowledge but um uh like 
what I'm saying is intervals are shorter than people think, even though they can feel long sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you want to go to the bar and maybe get some fresh air and go to the bathroom and get something to eat. Like y- you have to plan that shit out in your mind, you know, before it-, it happens in order to enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? I say this because going all the time, you'd often be next to like couples or whatever, mm-hmm. or families who don't do this all the time. Uh-huh. And what you'd see is futile plans being made and when I say futile what I mean is I'd be running past them going to bathroom first then pick up your interval drinks then go back to your seat that's the way it's done but anyway I'd be running past them and as I'm running past them I can hear one of them say to the other um do you want to do you want to get do you want to get some drinks and I'll I'll meet you I'll meet you around kind of where we came in something like that right Uh uh-huh you and I have been in like every theater in the West End and there are still some that we wouldn't know the layout of right like they're they're quite like famously difficult to know like your way around as in without the ushers uh-huh. um, like if you're on one level and then the bars on another level or whatever and you've never been there before right not to mention it's busy and there's queues everywhere uh-huh. so what ends up happening is you've got girlfriend number one walking up like 10 flights of stairs in heels to a bar Uh she then finds there's a queue of like 50 people waiting to order drinks Uh the boyfriend is trying to find gents toilets on like the ground floor Uh and then they're like where was i supposed to meet do what can i where was i and then someone will be like oh you can't bring these drinks in here or they'll be like oh i have to go to the bathroom but i have these drinks do you know what i mean (laughs) so then by the time it gets to (laughs) ringing the bell Uh people always come back to their seats like in a huff and like confused and with like melted ice cream and like one drink between two people and stuff and um yeah I just feel like I I get I get too much smug satisfaction (laughs) sitting back in my chair like two minutes after the interval starts with like everything I need and I've already been to the bathroom um I mean part of that I also think is the fact that western theatres are extremely old buildings and so you know are very kind of like windy and intricate and yeah I mean I've definitely had it I don't know if you've had it working at western venues where like I've like found people that are lost and have been Mm -hmm. like I I don't know how Mm -hmm. to get back to my seat exactly and and I've been oh well where have you come from and they don't know or they don't understand kind of like the the overall layout you know like you'll say to people Mm -hmm. oh yeah no I can help you were you sat in the stalls oh I don't Mm -hmm. know well were you on the ground floor or were you or were you looking down at the stage oh I don't know yeah I've definitely walk upstairs to get here and they've been like I couldn't tell you (laughs) but but to be fair to be fair this is exactly my point theatres are very difficult places old theatres are very difficult places to retrace your steps especially with drinks and then trying to find your particular bathroom that you need on the floor that you are seated on with on a date with someone who is a different gender so my point is make a plan have interval drinks bought already have a table reserved like all of these things are available to you and I think you know I don't know I just feel like um there's a lot of hassle sometimes at intervals whether you're working there or just as a theater goer there's a lot of like 
rushing and queuing and stuff and I am as you know two cams so I don't I don't like seeing people like in a flap like when you're at the theater because this should be fun um so I I very much like um because by the way ice cream at the interval is like a British thing and um not something that we would do um so I very much am in favor of that cute little tradition at the interval very much so uh-huh. um there was there was some time when there was um bagels introduced as an <laughs> interval snack and that is something that i <laughs> think needs to stop um yes. i think it should be kept as something light and cute well and, um, that's also yeah. you know kind of what i was saying about it being about making money and being commercial mm. and you know you kind of realize when you when you go to the theater you kind of just think everyone who's in the theatre works together for the mm-hmm. same people, you know, and it's the same boss and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's like much more intricate and there's like a whole different bunches of teams working mm-hmm. within that venue, reporting mm-hmm. to different companies, different people, uh, you know. So like, yeah, and like, we, we, yeah, when things like bagels and sandwiches and, and like f- food, are being mm. introduced to buying the theatre lots of people are like oh you know wicked are selling selling bagels it's like wicked aren't selling you know like the theatre which is yeah. owned not owned by wicked wicked mm-hmm. pay the theatre rent to be in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the theatre you know yeah. sells whatever they want to sell you know in terms of food and drinks and beverages and things and it's that again that kind of that intersection of where theatre meets business yeah, I'm, and but, revenue, but, but still, I mean, I just, oh, I'm completely against it. Popcorn God. in the theater? No, 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 no. Bad <laughs> enough in the cinema. I mean, I think I think it's okay in the cinema. Like, no, it's right? so noisy. I mean, oh, we're getting off topic, but <laughs> popcorn. Whose idea was it to eat something noisy mm-hmm. in an during an experience where you're all sat in silence trying to focus on something yeah, that's, else that's true that's no that that's definitely true I guess it's like I don't care about film as much but yes I I see what you mean if I was you really don't invested... care about film as much no. okay let the record state for anyone who might be listening who works in the film industry that Sarah doesn't care <laughs> and um, you know definitely hasn't been watching many films in this lockdown I'm sure Oh, I have, but I've been eating the whole time while I've been watching them. Whereas if I was at the theatre, I wouldn't be eating a thing. Because sure. for me, it's an elevated <laughs> experience. You know what I mean? Like, sure, sure, sure. That's where my Back to what you're saying about in. religion. Exactly. Yeah, like, ties in. Absolutely. Like, but this is, a, this is what I mean, though. As in, it's not that I don't like film. It's more like, for some people, they're, they're, at, they're religious about film. You know what I mean? Like, sure, they're sure, sure. like, this film changed my life everyone needs to be silent in the cinema and so on. Whereas I'm yes. more like, oh, I just do that for fun. Sure. And I can see people feel the same about theatre, even though for me, it's like, no, 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 this is my like incredibly like amazing time that you need to like shut up. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. whereas I'm sure people are like that, as you say, because you would go to the cinema quite a lot, which will be a different episode in itself. But well, I would go to the cinema a lot, but I do, I, I mean, I was just joking. Like I, it is different and they yeah. aren't the same. And I think regardless of what you're seeing in the cinema or the theatre, just going to the theatre in itself is more of an event, just mm-hmm. in terms of everything. It's generally more expensive for starters. It, yeah, that's true. That's it, true. It, it just, uh, it, it's not the same. I mean, 
I mean, the most hilarious intersection of that was I was working on uh, in a theatre that had um, like a suspense play in it. And most of the play was silent, like to build tension. And then every so often characters would speak uh-huh. and uh, or there'd be like a bang or like a door would slam. And that was all part of it. Uh-huh. And like the, the like people eating popcorn during that yeah. show was one of the it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard because <laughs> you were like, oh my God, what's going to happen? It's like, jump, 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 jump. Like, if you, you know, in that way, I completely agree. There are some films where you shouldn't, um, <laughs> shouldn't have popcorn and all theatre shouldn't have popcorn. But, yeah, um, I agree. but I know what you mean. You do need to fund it. I get that. Um, there just has to be a better way. <laughs> I sure. don't know what it is. It has to be something. Um, I agree. So in terms of going to the theatre, do you like to go with a certain um, person to a certain thing or does that not come into it at all? Like you're just going to have your own experience, whether you're with someone, not with someone, whether you're with someone who is, you know, excited about the show, not excited. It probably doesn't really matter. Well, honestly, I've probably been to the theatre more on my own than I have Mm -hmm. with people. If I was like going to, put all mm-hmm. the times I've been to the theatre ever like together mm-hmm. um, I, I, I enjoy going on my own mm-hmm. uh, because sometimes like do you ever find it where sometimes like your opinion can be influenced by the person you're with yeah or definitely. like swayed by yeah. the person you're with so for example mm-hmm. if, if one of my favourite show for example say uh, my favourite show was on and I mm-hmm. loved it there are certain people who like, if they would say to me like, oh, do you want to go? I would be a bit like, oh, I'm not sure because I don't think it's your kind of show. And mm. I don't want you not necessarily enjoying it to affect me enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's In one fair. Sense. Yeah, no, that But I mean, fair. I don't really have any strong, fi- I mean, obviously it feels much more social when you go with someone and I, I enjoy that side of it. But mm-hmm. equally, as you said, going on your own, it feel, it kind of feels, especially if you respond to it strongly, it kind of feels like more of like a special experience or like a personal yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, there's a time and a place and it's nice to do both. You know, mm-hmm. like it's nice to see things on your own sometimes. Um, but yeah, experiencing it with other people is so great when it's like, you know, a fantastic show or like... Uh-huh really funny or um a big musical often I quite like to go with other people because it like elevates it up a notch sometimes um but yeah um what's your on forced standing ovations and by forced I mean if I don't stand up the person behind me won't be able to see those kinds of standing ovations oh. where you know it's appearing like we're all standing up in applause but actually I'm just standing up because I have to well, this is what I mean. I think that uh, standing ovations have kind of like lost all their meaning as to what they're actually for these days. It, mm. it, like people will literally give anything a standing ovation. And and like you say, I yeah. don't think it's necessarily... A cr- I mean, I've seen so many like, not even bad shows, but just like mediocre, you know, just like shows that are fine. Mm-hmm. And it gets like a standing ovation and you're like, is this... I don't think people... People are just... But again... I think that's because or part of it might be because like going to the theatre is such an event and it Mm -hmm. all ties into that because yeah you go see a show 
you come home and someone says to you, oh, how was the show? And you go, oh my God, it was amazing. At the end, everyone was on their feet. It was like nothing I've ever mm-hmm. seen before. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, like that's part of the experience. Definitely. But and, and I, I think, think it's lost the yeah. meaning of like what, it, like what a standing ovation actually originates from. Like standing ovation, the origins of that, it was very rare. Mm-hmm. And you were standing because like you were so like, moved or impressed or or whatever that like you 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 couldn't sit anymore like you had to you know like jump up out of your seat because what you just seen was like impressed you so much yeah um yeah definitely and I think something that uh create helped to create that atmosphere is um a lot of musicals now um build that in to their show um mm-hmm. so they'll have a mega mix at the end or rather sure. they'll have just a regular um encore or you know something really uh-huh. um basic or that, that will were... make people stand up to dance but then they're on their feet for the curtain call yes but it exactly it looks like organically yeah. this happened but it doesn't happen organically it happens every show and one thing that really annoys me is uh, a certain show that won't be named that's like get your cameras out take a picture shut the fuck up it just annoyed me um but again like i'll do it if i want to like you don't have to like you can i don't know it's just when you're a character on stage it annoys me when they're like like us on instagram like stop (laughs) yeah well with that specific show you haven't seen it have you i have yeah oh you have i didn't think you had uh, they tell you that in the pre-show announcement. Like, don't get your phones absolutely, out. Until... That, that's, absolutely. That, that's fine. But yeah, then... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of touched on, like, how how much that particular show is, <laughs> is in inverted commas, you know, musical theatre. Yeah, and at West End show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no point us talking about this because we're not saying what it is. <laughs> so we're just having this, like, veiled... I feel like before. if you know, you know. If you know, <laughs> you know. But, um, um, it's not that I, yeah, not that I hate it. It's more just like, yeah, it rubbed questions. me up the wrong way. Yeah. Um, well, I remember I saw. Did you ever see Made in Dagenham the musical? No. It didn't do very well, but it it wasn't a bad show. Like it, it was one of those ones where you're like, you know, there there are some good things in there. But the <laughs> the end of the show really annoyed me because I just found it very very manipulative. In that the fine it wasn't a mega mix it wasn't like you know like a joseph mega mix it was a song mm-hmm. that was like resolving the plot of the show mm-hmm. but the song at the end was called stand up and <laughs> in it the so- the the main woman is like oh i mean it's been a few years since i've seen it but because made it it was about uh the women uh striking to be paid the same as men and i mm-hmm. think the plot goes that they have to get like a majority it goes to court and they have to get like majority of the court to stand up in favor or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was like something in the plot that they have to get these people to stand up. But Mm -hmm. then there was like people planted in the audience from the show, like characters would come into the audience and they would stand up. And then like the song got really, really big and big and rousy. And the whole time I was just like, this is very manipulative, you know, because by the end of it, everyone's on their feet. Yeah. But like you say- you clearly don't care about women's rights that or you can't physically stand we can't tell you're just a miserable bitch you know (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean (laughs) i also like i also enjoy you know a big finish it's it's just that it's become so clear 
the uh-huh. manipulation that it, it annoys me that I've come here to see you and uh-huh. then you're like no, 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 no take the mic and it's like no this is not uh-huh. why we're here you know this is what tribute acts do you know sure. they get the audience involved which it's not bad it's just I feel like it's not what the west end is I don't know maybe that is really snobby but um how do you feel because I think uh-huh. that this sometimes leads to standing ovations as well that are unwarranted how do you feel about stunt casting um i mean i don't think anyone actually uh likes doing it but i think like you said with the bagels maybe it's a necessary evil um i would Um, say that it's not something i I was under the impression when i was new to the industry that this was like a new craze and it was taking over and the truth is it's it's literally always happened since the beginning of time yeah and it isn't always a bad thing which i thought it was at first because Um, but I would say it does impact my enjoyment of the show. But then again, my enjoyment isn't the be all and end all of the show, but it, it, it does take away from it sometimes for me. I think it's interesting because I've seen shows that have been stunt casted and the people in them are absolutely awful. And I've been so offended that, you know, that these yeah. people are even on the stage yeah, attempting to, you know, do this. Mm-hmm. But equally, stunt cast stunt casting is just casting a name in a role uh, a mm-hmm. big name that will sell tickets and a lot of people in the the film industry the tv industry started in theater and are perfectly qualified to do it and have you know become these famous household names mm-hmm. uh since you know like starting out in theater or whatever so like mm-hmm. sometimes it, it is success- i mean you know this year um uh the music man is opening on broadway with hugh jackman uh, who, you know, by all means is perfectly qualified to be doing it. Like he's, he trained in musical theatre, he started in musical theatre. That's stunt casting. And I would say, I mean, I haven't seen him, but just in general, I would say that's successful because it will sell names and he's qualified to do that job. Mm-hmm. It's when it's like, oh my God, um, Diana Vickers from The X Factor is, mm-hmm. has been cast in this role who has no background in it or what was the latest one um a bloody joe sugg in waitress who's Mm -hmm. a youtuber who hasn't ever trained or acted or anything or can barely sing or dance and was hired because of his name but the reason Mm -hmm. i bring it up is because i think that sometimes ties in with standing ovations like someone will go and see joe sugg in Waitress because he's Joe Sugg and they watched him on Strictly and it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how good or bad he was like the general public as soon as they see him will immediately Mm -hmm. give him a standing ovation just because he's famous and and he's who they came there to see. Yeah yeah that's true and I think that that will annoy regular theatre goers but it will help theatre. Yeah it's a tricky it's a tricky. So that's why I don't think that's why I don't think the system in the UK is actually the best um mm-hmm. in terms of sustaining itself it seems like it's a snake eating its own tail sometimes yeah yeah yeah, yeah I agree. even though it produces very good stuff it's just sometimes. like i don't know if it's the op- yeah the optimal way mm-hmm. like one problem i have with the west end is that i've i've lived in london for like five years and and like that's a fair chunk of of time like shows come in now the west end all the time like, so there must have been hundreds if not thousands of shows on in that time and mm-hmm. i i don't feel like there's almost there's almost never a what I would call a dance musical 
on sure. it, in my opinion it, it's like they just don't care they don't exist mm -hmm. i mean the last and kind they of only they don't make money well 42nd street i mean that made money yeah well that was the exception yeah um i mean i just feel like they would make money if they did them really well but i just feel mm -hmm. like no one is interested and that's something that's lacking that maybe broadway has done a lot better where london can do better in plays broadway uh -huh. at least has like a, a massive like dance show dance musical kind of culture you know sure. so you get like bigger casts and so on mm -hmm. which is kind of fun because um yeah sometimes when you see musicals with a small cast it's okay but it's it you know it doesn't it's not the full whack basically whereas something like follies finally did it you know they were like fine uh -huh. we'll give you like lots and lots of people and it, it was really really impressive but yeah i know what you mean about the money side of I it i mean it doesn't bother me if a show has a small cast if it's intended to have a small cast what bothers me and what what i think is a big problem is that these cheap productions that mm. are being made as cheap, made and produced as cheaply as possible, mm. and then coming into the wind and uh, the wind coming into the West End. <laughs> That's what we call it. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, people in the know we call it the wind. No, yeah, uh, does. <laughs> like cheap, cheap productions that have literally just been thrown together mm. to to make money, but are charging yeah. West End. You know, like I mean, there was a show that we both worked on about a famous orphan shall we say, <laughs> that had been out on tour and, you know, in regional theatres for a touring production was not a bad production, I would say. Um, but then that exact same production transferred to the West End and charged mm -hmm. double the price for tickets mm -hmm. because it, had, it was stunt cast with a celebrity who, who couldn't do the role mm -hmm. and frequently mm -hmm. didn't do the role. Um, and it just was not of Western standard, I would say. Yeah. And, and I think true. that that has become a lot uh, more of a problem in yeah, the past, definitely like the five, 10 years, where we're just getting yeah. these, these cheap productions that are coming in mm -hmm. and people are flocking to see them. And so it's like the vicious cycle of like, you know, well, tickets are selling, people are coming to see them. So other producers are like, oh, we can do our show on the cheap too. And... And you know it like it it, it like snowballs, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Which is why yeah. it is so refreshing to see something like like you just said, like Forty Second Street or or Follies or like these big productions where like you know they're saying no, we are going to do this show. It requires a cast of forty, and that's what we're going to do, as opposed mm -hmm. to you know being like, oh well, how many roles could we cut if necessary? Yeah, it's supposed to be forty, but like, could we do it with twenty and everyone doubles up? Yeah. Yeah, you could, yeah. but should you? And why are you? Those are the reasons, you know, those are the questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, as we're re reminiscing about theatre and stuff, I mean, it might be helpful to um, just reminisce about what, what, we, what we dislike about the experience, as in other audience members, when you're <laughs> sitting enjoying a show and how sometimes, like, the, the worst thing about theatre is the audience and sometimes sure. it would be better if the shows could just go on in some kind of vacuum um, because the rage that yeah. comes across uh, as an audience member now where you don't really have much you know at your disposal, disposal and you're actually watching something for the first time you know mm -hmm. like that is a rage that's 
unmatched by many other um, experiences. Uh-huh. Uh, are you, would you say you're the kind of person who like taps someone on the shoulder and is like, sorry, do you mind? Like, no, I wish I was. <laughs> I wish I was. I'm more of a like tut and a large sigh kind of person. Uh, uh-huh. I'm more of a tat and a large sigh and then complain at the interval. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wish I had the balls. Whereas, I mean, in the past, like when we've both worked in theatre, I have never felt any trepidation when I've been at work confronting people. That's what I mean. I mean, I guess it's different because you have have that kind of... It's so so different. I mean, it's still annoying. Don't get me wrong. It's very annoying as an usher, but, but, but... I am talking about a different experience here because yeah. these are the times that you and I have potentially paid money and are watching. That's the other thing. For the first time and we're so excited and mm-hmm. then this happened. You know, so like, mm-hmm. yes, we, we can use what's at our disposal as someone who's, you know, worked as an usher where you can like get the usher's attention and stuff. But to do that, you're also ruining your own experience by not mm-hmm. watching it. So that's what I mean when I say that that is somehow just 10 times worse. Um, and you do have a decision to make. Like, what kind of person do you want to be? Um, yeah. I will say that being an usher, it, it's given me a lot more balls because I've realized that, like, nothing nothing really bad can happen if you kind of acknowledge that someone is making a lot of noise. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, at worst, they're going to be annoyed with you, but that's fine. Like, you're already annoyed with them. Like, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so there will be times where I'll the main thing for me is like phones because that's the it's just a big bugbear of mine because those are like silent killers you know at least if someone's talking everyone is a little bit annoyed and you're all in the uh-huh. same boat kind of by like being you know sighing and so on mm-hmm. but when someone's on their phone like just next to you it's pretty much only you and maybe one other person that's kind of being distracted by it well and everyone on the stage who can see the light well, glaring yeah, out in the fucking dark yeah, I can only imagine yeah. how annoying it must be for them. But um but yeah, and, and, and I have to say that in recent years there's a more nuanced approach that enrages me even more, which is that back in the day you'd have people that would take out their phone and it would be full brightness and they'd just be like, No one can see me, ha 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 you know? Uh-huh. And obviously people quickly were like, Put your phone away, blah blah blah. <laughs> Nowadays people are a little bit more savvy or they like to think that they're savvy and they'll turn the brightness all the way down and they'll yes. be like now no one can see me and yes. that's what pisses me off the most because everyone can still see you and it's just more annoying now that you think that no one can see you sure um so yeah i've asked people to put away their phones um i've said can you stop talking um yeah because because i built up a resilience i think of i guess going to the theater so often and it's uh-huh. happening like a lot a lot uh-huh. you know like I just was like I'm not gonna have this show ruined for me by this random person you know mm-hmm. um but it is still scary <laughs> you know you don't know what you're gonna get and sometimes it's like is it even worth it because what if they just happen to shut up right now but you know and then they don't uh-huh. um but uh yeah so that's just that's just one thing that annoys me another thing that annoys me is that you know when <laughs> You know when people like just in themselves are uncomfortable and so they laugh at awkward moments yes particularly in a play that has both comedic and dramatic moments uh-huh. that is that is the worst of the worst because uh-huh. there'll be an actual comedic moment that people will laugh and then there'll be a dramatic moment like someone gets hit 
or someone dies or like something very traumatic uh-huh. happens there will be some person that will be like oh, oh that oh, noise that good. noise that noise what? <laughs> it i cannot i cannot what about what about it? like kind of like a little step up from that uh-huh. when people kind of go a little bit more like panto with it yeah. where like something dramatic will happen and like one or two people will go Ooh. yeah oh my god yes that's because like raging. what you were just saying like yes that is frustrating but also that could also just be that someone's really into it and they've been like oh you know and like it is it, it, like th- that's kind of like escaped before they could like control it whereas like mm-hmm. someone who's like fully like oh, 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 oh. yeah yeah that that's yeah, similar, similar when people kiss like are, are you oh yeah let's all wolf so whistle because we're 12 yeah are you so uncomfortable with this moment of silence that you have to yeah, like say something oh it really it really annoys me um but yes, before we know it, we'll be back in a theatre watching a show and bitching about it all the way home. <laughs> and I, for one, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank I'm you. Really every... that, sorry. I'm really hoping. <laughs> sorry. No, what? Go on. I really hope. I really hope the Starry Messenger gets a revival so we can go together and, you know. Just I've got my fingers up. crossed for, for autumn 2021. I think it might happen. Uh, well, uh, you and I are going to go to do a musical and get fucked up. That's yes. definitely happening. Of course. Uh, of course. But yeah. Thanks for um, your trip down, I needed it. Me too. It's nice to look forward to things that we enjoy doing again. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> And yeah, I hope that everyone listening has enjoyed this little trip down memory lane. It, get in touch with us. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Herding Prattle. Tell us your favourite shows, your West End uh, memories. You know, join in, join in the prattle. And, and your least um, Yes. And let us know if you've seen Pretty Woman, if you've seen, <laughs> seen the Starry Messenger and you disagree with us. Let us know. We want to hear. Yeah. Please do. All right. Well, thanks a million for joining us again in 2021. And uh, we will see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.